Man, last Sunday we we sent you home with a neighbor card last Sunday. If you remember that, if you weren't here last Sunday, you can grab one of these on your way out. They're in every lobby, uh, just downstairs, upstairs, you know, it's not like a Dr. Seuss book beginning, but all over the place you can grab one of these neighbor cards. And, and here's the idea behind these. These cards are not a neighborhood bingo sheet, okay, where if you get three across and you know three neighbors, then you get a prize, all right? This is so that you can learn who your neighbors are, you can pray for them, um, you can ask God to begin to reveal to you three things, people's name, a, something you know about them, and a way that you can intercede, that you can pray for them. Remember, as we go through this for the entire month of May, these are people, not a project, this is not a check-off at the end of the month. You come on the last Sunday of May, you turn it in, you get percentage off of your tithe, okay? It's not how it works, all right? Now, you, 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 just, you just continue. Don't take the easy route. Don't just fill these in with family and friends. Don't toss this to the side. Don't become obnoxious filling in the blanks, knocking on neighbor's doors that you've never spoken to in 10 years, and suddenly you're concerned because you've got a card in front and a pen, and, hey, can I get your name? My pastor gave me an assignment, all right? We covered that last week, but... Also, don't buy into what culture says is that your neighbors want to be anonymous and that they don't have real lives and they don't have real needs. The people around you that we're going to continue to see this month, continue to focus on really for the entire summer, neighbors are people, they're not projects. One of the ways that you can be a part of their lives is something we're offering on Memorial Day. We have a cookout every year. It starts at 6 o'clock on Memorial Day Sunday. That Sunday evening we come back. Uh, we'll be on the fields over here to my right, to your left. We've got bounce houses. It's a couple dollars for burgers. You bring some sides. We just have a great time. There's no agenda. But if you look at that list as this week goes on, you say, man, maybe they'll come with me. Maybe they'll come attend this, this gathering with me on Memorial Day Sunday night invite them to join you, but I also want to push a little bit further. If you think nobody on that list will come with you to our cookout, then have your own cookout. Host your own on Memorial Day Sunday night. Gather them around their neighborhood where they're already present. Figure out a way to, to continue to be a part of their lives. So we, we examined last week what it means to be, as we looked at the Samaritan, instead of asking who's my neighbor, how do we become a neighbor to other people. So this morning, um, we're going to take a little bit of quiz, a little quiz, a neighborhood quiz. All right, everybody, getting, you're getting close to out of school. Some of you, some of you are out of school. When I go to Cracker Barrel, I get that little peg game. Some of you do a little peg game, all right, and, and the triangle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Please, are you awake? Are you good? Awesome. Um, the goal is to, yeah, the goal is to leave one. If you're one, you're a genius. If you leave two, you're pretty smart. If you're three, you're just plain dumb. If you leave four, you're just plain ignoramus. I don't even know what that means, all right? Um, just, just, I researched this. I know this sounds weird. You can actually leave 10 pegs on the board. If you've ever done that, that's not listed on the leave four or more, okay? That's beyond that. So this morning, this is not about moving pegs around. This is, this is a little bit different scoring system, all right? We're going to ask you 10 questions. Yeses are worth two points. Maybes or somewhat are worth one. And no's are worth zero, okay? Just cut and dry. I got 10 questions, so that means you can get a total of how many points? 10 questions, two yeses. 20 is the maximum, all right? Zero is the minimum, all right? We can, we can do this, all right? So here's, here's the questions. 
I like my neighbors. We're going to go through these quickly, all right? You can, you can jot down the numbers. You can do whatever how you need to do it, add it up in your head. All right, I like my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. Don't answer these out loud. They may be in the room, all right? I know the names of my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. My neighbors like me. Yes, somewhat, no, okay? I talk to my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. Now, before I keep going, I know some of you weren't here last week, and some of you live out in the country. You live on a gravel road. You don't have any neighbors, all right? Just think about coworkers and those that are closest to you in your community, all right? Don't take the easy route. Think about other people, all right? I talk to my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. I do nice things for my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. All right, next five. I genuinely care about my neighbors. Yes, somewhat, no. Two, one, or zero. My neighbors invite me to their gatherings, their parties, their birthday events, their neighborhood things, whatever they offer. When I get invited, I go to those gatherings. Yes, somewhat, no. I watch out for my neighborhood. My people, when people need help in my neighborhood, they come to me. Yes, somewhat, no. All right, here's the grading, grading scale this morning. If you are a nobody neighbor, all right, uh, do they even know that you exist, okay? Do your neighbors even know? Mr. Wilson, Home Improvement, some of you remember that show. He was always on the other side of the fence. You're always there to offer advice to help, but you never go across the fence. You stay on your side, all right? You just kind of watch from a distance. Fred and Ethel, many of you in the room may not know that reference. I love Lucy, all right? You're always next door ready to help those in need. And if you got 17 to 20, best neighbor ever, you should be preaching, all right? Um, Because I'm not on the 17 to 20 category, all right? But here's a question, not on the quiz. Gets us right back in line with where we were last week. Would my neighbors care if I moved? Would your neighbors care? Maybe they wouldn't even know, all right? You're like, they wouldn't even know that I'm there, all right? Would they care if you moved? And I want to contend that they should. They, they should care that you move. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are given through Jesus' words, through the Old Testament, through Jesus himself, through a conversation that Jesus has with someone else, we are given several examples that we are called to love others. Specifically, Jesus says to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 35 through 39, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Over the past year, some of you have spent a lot of time investing in loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. Incredible. We will never stop pushing you for that, all right? We're going to continue to, to lay out opportunities for you to learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, learning more and more and more to love Jesus. But it's very rare, unfortunately, when we as churches have the hard discussions of the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. Because see, when we start locking into that second one, it really is an outpouring of the first. As we love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, 
then it is a natural outpouring that we learn to love our neighbors as ourselves, treat them the way that we would desire to be treated. Again, the church does an incredible job, and we've been trying more and more to lead you to how do you have a relationship with Jesus, but also in that relationship with Jesus now, let's, let's take the next step. As I'm falling more in love with Jesus, I should be come more like Christ and impacting those around me more and more every day. So today we're going to be in the next verses in Luke chapter 10. We were in 25 through 37. Last week we're going to be in 38 through 42 this morning. Jesus is not having a conversation with a lawyer in this passage. In fact, Jesus is having a conversation with a couple of people that we're going to see, not today, but you can go on and see that numerous times Jesus has interaction with these folks. They become friends of Jesus. Mary and Martha, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now this isn't a long sermon point, just a little note here. Jesus is moving from point A to point B in the story of his ministry and what would eventually become his death and his resurrection. All this is moving forward in that direction. He's moving from point A to B, and someone comes to him and says, Hey, Jesus, would you, would you come over for dinner? And I love that this is not the only occurrence where someone invites Jesus into their home, and Jesus does what? He goes. And all the chaos and all the busyness and all the miracles that be worked could be worked and all the hillsides that he could teach upon, somebody invites him into their presence in their home. Jesus took time. And we would later on see with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, their brother, we would see an important relationship. But one of the things you're going to see this morning and other times in Scripture, Mary, the character of the story this morning, this is not the only time that Mary finds herself at the feet of Jesus. She is often at the feet of Jesus. She is often pouring out expensive things upon the feet of Jesus. Verse 39 through 42. And she had a sister called Mary. So Martha invited, she has a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Let's be really honest this morning. We live in a Martha culture. We live in a busy, running around like the house is on fire culture. Your schedules are probably busy as or busier than mine with all types of ways that you're helping other people, that you're taking care of your family, that you're working in your jobs. We live in a Martha culture. And I, by nature, I just got to tell you this, I'm a Martha kind of host. My nature is to do things for other people. That's just who I am. So if you were to say, and my wife were to tell me that you guys are coming to our house for dinner, I'm going to be the one that is going to go crazy working around the house. It's just, I enjoy it. It's weird, all right, for some of you. um, There's a, I like to clean. There's a right way to clean. 
And then there's a wrong way to clean. The right way's my way. The wrong way's yours, all right? I'm a Martha, okay? I mean, I will run around the house. I'll cook dinner. I'll do whatever. Some of you are like, when are we coming over, all right? I mean, I'll just go crazy. And, and here's, the, here's the bad part of that. But by the time sometimes the guests arrive, I'm shot. Like I sit down and I don't even want to eat. I'm not hungry anymore. Maybe I was sampling what we're cooking. Okay, that's a side note. But, and I get done and I look over and, and my wife's having all these great conversations. And Mary's having this great moment with Jesus. And she's, Martha's trying to figure out, does he like lamb? Does he like vegetables? Uh, is the house clean enough? Is the dirt floor clean enough, right? Is, uh, do I need to fluff the pillows a little bit more? Oh, goodness, the bathroom. The kids were in there. We got to go make sure before he goes to the bathroom. We got we to make sure everything is in its place. And there's just sweet Mary. She's just listening. Martha's cleaning. Martha's getting everything ready. Notice her response. I've read this passage so many times in life, and I read it this week and, until I read it, and I chuckled in this moment, all right? If you don't know what a chuckle is, it's, it's more than just a laugh, all right? It's not quite a, a guffaw, but it's kind of in between there, all right? But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to Jesus. I mean, really, she went up to Jesus, and she's basically saying, here's what she says, recorded by Luke, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Can you imagine tapping Jesus on the shoulder and saying, can we have a moment? My sister is a lazy bum. Can you get her to stop listening and come help? That's what she asks. Tell her to help me. Because if you tell her, she's going to get up. I mean, Martha has the audacity to walk over to Jesus and say, excuse me. I'm really busy right now, and I could use some help. Could you get Mary to help me? But the Lord answered her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary. Mary has put aside distractions and she's sitting with Jesus. This is a common uh, stance that she's taken by kneeling in front of, by listening to Jesus. When a teacher is speaking, those that were listening would sit. They're there to take in the information. They're there to take in what the teacher is placing down in front of them. She's listening to Jesus. A few things that I believe we can learn about loving Jesus more this morning but then we're also going to look at how we can apply some of those to how we love our neighbor, neighbor more. So let's look at how do we love Jesus. Because again, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So Jesus is putting this right back in its proper perspective and love your neighbor as yourself. In order to fall more in love with the teachings of Jesus, we've got to block out distractions and spend time with Jesus. I know that's a super long sermon point, all right? But in order to fall more in love with the teachings of Jesus, we have to figure out how to block out the distractions and spend time with Jesus. Uh, Probably in there, when I say block out the distractions, you just came up with another 10 distractions that are gonna keep you distracted from the rest of the sermon this morning, all right? Mary had figured out 
I don't care what Martha's doing. I don't care what we're eating. I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. This is my shot. This is my moment. But in order for this to become a reality, we've got to own up to a couple things. In loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind something you value? You see, because if you look at this and you say, man, yeah, I'd love to to, to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'd love to block out distractions. Pastor, great idea. If you don't value and see the priority of spending time with Jesus and doing the one thing necessary that cannot be taken away from you, if you don't see that as a value, as a priority, it doesn't matter how many sermons I preach about it, doesn't matter how many tools I put in your hand, doesn't matter how many Sunday school classes you go to, how many Bible studies, group studies that you go to, until it's something that you value. And she valued spending time with Jesus more than any other thing in the world in that moment. We put our energy and efforts into things that we truly value, don't we? We put our time, we put our money in the things that we truly value. If you prioritize that you're going to go on a family vacation this summer, some of you are already thinking about how are you saving up the money to get to the family vacation. If your kids are involved in extracurricular activity, I, should, I guess I should back up and say this is including me. Since your kids are involved in extracurricular activities, you know what you will do? You will spend great amount of priority, value, time, money, and effort to do that. Why? Because it's important to you. And the same is true here. We spend our time, we spend our efforts on the things that we value. You will not block out the distractions to spend time with Jesus until you value it. You just won't. I won't. Until, you, until I value it and see the priority. The next thing that we need to realize and own up to is do we care more about what others think about us than we do spending time with Jesus? Now this is huge. Do we care more about what others think about us than we do spending time with Jesus? Back to the words of Luke. Martha is judging Mary up one side and down the other, isn't she? Slack. Mom always told me that she was not the hard worker in the family, right? Lazy sister. I'm serving, she's comfortable. I'm working extra, she's hanging out. But Jesus is reteaching us And Luke's recording it for us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your strength, your mind and soul and your strength, depending on which translation you're looking at and which verse, whether it's Deuteronomy, Matthew, or Luke. All of its same emphasis, loving Jesus, growing in your relationship to God, and then Jesus is reteaching it also, but hey, love your neighbor. He's placing these in the correct order. Mary is spending time with Jesus first, and that will never be taken away from her. You can't rip that out of her. Mary didn't care that her sister was flying around the house doing every other thing. I guarantee you she gave her the sister evil eye. Get get over here. But you know what Mary wanted? Mary wanted to know Jesus. Mary wanted to know Jesus. 
Mary wanted to know, who is this miracle worker that's teaching about Samaritans? Who's this miracle worker that I've heard has fed the 5,000? Who is this miracle worker that's got this group of disciples that are from all different backgrounds? Who is this guy? I've got a chance. I'm taking it. She was unfazed by what all was going on around her. And one of the great things I love about my wife, she's not in the service, all right? Man, my wife is so good at this. I mean, the, our house can be, uh, I mean, just, I, I kid you not, there can be 18 people in our house, and if it's time for her to spend time with Jesus, she's going to go spend time with Jesus. And I'm checking in the bedroom, like, are you coming out? I mean, there's like, it's going crazy in here. It's bedtime, kids, hey, let's go. Man, she's loving Jesus. Mothers, I know it's Mother's Day, but this is Father's as well. You want to love your kids, mothers, fathers, grandparents, whatever your role is, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. You want to show them and model something to them for future generations, spend time with Jesus. A great distraction, though, to spending time with Jesus is our fear of what others are going to think. Man, if I'm at lunch and I'm at work and I open my Bible, what are they going to think? Mary doesn't care. If, if I'm praying and, and, and I'm at the school table and somebody murmurs something, spend time with Jesus. Martha had no idea what she was missing. But she was spending time, Mary was spending time with Jesus. What may be holding us back are a couple of those excuses or a couple of those realities that it's not a value and, and I'm not blocking out the distractions. But the other thing that may be preventing some of us in the room from spending time with Jesus, we say, man, I don't know how. And again, over the last couple of years, some different ways and different groups and different things have been offering different ways for you to do that. And I just want to share with you, uh, it's, it's in the bulletin this morning, so if you didn't grab a bulletin on the way out, it would be an important morning to grab one. It's just, just a way to spend time with Jesus. All right? If you say, man, I don't know how to spend time with Jesus or to block out distractions, how do I spend time with Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. Begin with prayer. Praising God. Being honest to God and saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't have a regular relationship with Jesus. This is new to me. I, I'm, I'm a believer, but I, I really never allowed myself to spend adequate time with him, and I, I'm feeling the drain. I'm in a busy culture, busy world. I need to slow down and spend some time with Jesus. Just be honest in your prayers. Step one, what does God's word say? As, we, as you look at a passage of scripture, man, I love the book of James. If you're looking for a place to start as a believer, I love the book of James. It's super practical. You can look at the Gospel of Luke that we've been preaching through the last couple of weeks and will the next couple of weeks. Pick a couple of verses. Don't pick 10 chapters, all right? Pick a couple of verses. What does God's Word say? Reread the verses. What's the main point of the verses? Rewrite the passage. Grab a notebook. I know, I've learned this this week. If you're a lady, it's got to be a pretty notebook, okay? It's just got to be. You just got to have a nice-looking notebook. I'm, guys, spiral-bound works, all right? Rewrite the passage. What does God's Word say? When you open it up, how does it come across to you? Rewrite that passage. Step two, what does God's word mean? Is there a promise to grasp, a warning to heed, a command to obey, an example to follow, a truth about God? What does God's word mean? As I'm reading through it, if you're reading through Luke chapter 10 and you're reading through the verses 25 through 37 and it's on loving a good Samaritan, 
What you may see in there is, is there a promise? Is there a warning? Is there a command? Is there an example? There's a great example. There it is. The Good Samaritan. There's a huge example for me to, to embark on. Do I learn something about God? The third step there. And again, this isn't rocket science, all right? You may have your own way of doing it. But what does God's word mean to me? How does this apply to me and the decisions in my life? The decisions that you're facing right now, again, let's use that Good Samaritan story from last week. If I'm learning to love my neighbor as myself and I'm seeing the Good Samaritan, seeing the person that was on the side of the road, they care for him, it's a parable that Jesus has given, then how does this apply to a situation at work? How does this apply to my children? How does this apply to someone in my neighborhood? What is my response going to be from my Bible reading today? Reword the lesson learned into a question to ask. A lot of times on Sunday mornings, that's what I do for us, is just turn our passage from a statement into a question. So how do I become a better neighbor? How do I become a good Samaritan to those that are around me? It's a loaded question, but a good question. Walk in obedience to what God has said to you. Listen, don't make this rocket science. Make this an honest time with Jesus and simply say, I want to push out the distractions and I want to love Jesus more. So help me. Find a passage, find a notebook, there's so many resources. In, in July, um, well, all through the summer, we're going to be walking through a sermon series called Patterned, Becoming a Disciple of Jesus Christ. And one of the weeks we're going to spend our whole time on how do we spend time with Jesus. And so we're going to challenge you in that. So just be thinking, be prepared for that as we go. But this summer, we're going to revisit this. But this morning, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. But don't stop there. The truth is, the more we fall in love with Jesus, the more we grow in love with our neighbors. You don't know my neighbors, Pastor. You you don't know the history. I don't. I've heard some of those stories this week. Some of you have got some serious praying to do, all right? You've got a long journey ahead of you. It's not a tomorrow fix. They're hardcore against the word, against the teachings of God's word. You've got a journey ahead of you. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's a couple excuses that happen in our Martha world that prevent us from loving Jesus, but also prevent us from loving our neighbors. And here's one of the excuses. I don't have time to spend with my neighbors. It's probably true. Quite honestly, it's probably pretty true. And and even last Sunday, some of you thought, oh man, he gave me a homework project. I don't have time for this. Like I'm here on a Sunday morning. What more does this guy expect of me? Like really, I I got to figure out how to love my neighbor? That's going to take time, Pastor. And I'm looking at my schedule, and they just don't fit. How many of us buy into the lie of not bothering anybody in our neighborhood or people those closest to us because we've convinced ourselves that they just like being busy? They're just as busy as I am. We're both busy. I'm just going to leave them alone, not bother them with anything else. 
The problem is, Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is for me, Jesus didn't say, Pastor, your schedule's busy as you're a pastor, so you get a pass on this one. If you'll just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, then you can be excused from the love your neighbor as yourself because those are church members. No, it doesn't say that. It says love your neighbor as yourself. Love those that are in close proximity. Become a neighbor to those who are close to you. I can't change my neighbor's pace in life, but I can change mine. And this has been all over me this week. All over me this week. The excuse, the first one, we don't have time to spend with our neighbors. The second excuse, they don't have time to spend with me. You can't change your neighbors. You can't change their habits. You can't change the things that they're going through. But my guess, no, I know, because I've experienced some of this over the past few weeks as we've been getting ready for this series, I know that if I create a little bit more margin and spend a little bit more time in my neighborhood around with the people that I know, guess what I get to hear? I get to hear their struggles. I get to know who they are. I met one of you last night. You're, you're not a close neighbor, but you live in a neighborhood. I got to meet you last night. And it took place because I just went, you know, it's, I just want to walk around my neighborhood. I just want to enjoy a beautiful Saturday night. And if God brings somebody in my life, awesome. If not, it's going to be a beautiful walk. I can't control their schedules, but I, I can change the pace of mine. So, so here's what I want you to do. Let me preface this. Don't become a stalker, okay? Because what I'm about to say, you're going to think, oh, this sounds like a stalker, and if I see you, I'm running from you, all right? Today, on your way home, I want to challenge you to do something. When you get within a mile of your house, I want you to slow down to the speed limit, okay? (laughs) I know you're on your way to grandma's, mom's house, all right? So you get within a mile of your house today, I want you to slow down. Make sure there's nobody behind you. Don't cause a problem, all right? And I want you to look. I want you to stalk. I want you to look. I want you to look at whose, ne- whose yard has kids' toys in it, whose doesn't. I-, I want you to look at who-, who got to plant flowers and who keeps their yard the way that you would like it, whether that's not mowing your grass or mowing your grass. I want you just to look around and see, man, their mailbox has been full for a week and nobody's checked it. I, I want you to just slow down. If you're you're out taking a walk and you're out in your neighborhood and somebody's running, just trip them, then they'll talk to you. Okay, I'm just kidding. Just making sure you're still all right. But seriously, slow down. Stop and listen to those around you. You might hear a burden on their heart. You might be able to pray for them as you're driving home today and and without any knowledge of what their name is or who they are. And you might see a yard that's a foot and a half tall and instead of going, oh goodness, I really wish they would do something about that. Maybe in your mind you think, you know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe for the last two months they've had surgery and somebody in their home and they live by themselves and they can't mow the yard. Maybe instead of summarizing the worst, maybe I'll ex- examine and say, you know what? I can pray for them. I'm going to slow down. I'm just going to take a look at those around me. 
next Sunday morning, slow down. Or today, if you're going back home, some of you aren't going home, on your way back in your neighborhood, look at how many cars have not moved since you've been at church. Jesus has, God has placed you in relationships that he has, has not placed me. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Mary got it. He says, she's doing one thing, she's not distracted, and you can't take it away from her. And out of that is a byproduct we will learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. Slow down. Stop. Listen to those around you. I realize that this series, throughout the whole month of May, it's been hard in preparing for because it doesn't leave your pastor out because I'm a neighbor. It doesn't leave any of us out and it's going to push us to ask some questions that we've never even considered. Man, I want to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. And as I sit at the feet of Jesus, I want him to grow me to be the neighbor that people need. And even if they never come to Jesus, I'm going to keep loving them. I'm hoping to plant a seed, to begin a relationship, to know how to pray. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray.